0: Hey listeners, welcome to another episode of Brown Girls Read Podcast. This is your host, Tamantivana. And this is Kathy Thakur. And both of us love reading books. On this podcast, we bring our favorite books to you and discuss the parts that were most meaningful to us and how we found them interesting or relatable as brown girls. In our last episode, we discussed Serena Hall's debut novel, All the Words Unspoken. And today, we have Serena herself on the podcast, sharing her insights, her anecdotes, and inspiration behind All the Words Unspoken.
1: Let's dive right into a discussion with Serena after a quick word from our sponsor. Today, we have invited Serena Kaur, the author of All the Words Unspoken, on our podcast. We are both so delighted to speak with her about this book that represents the brown culture in a very important and honest way.
0: Not only has she portrayed the humanness of these characters beautifully, but she has also raised several important issues through her storytelling.
1: Welcome to Brown Girls Read podcast, Serena. And we are so glad that you're here with us. Thanks for joining us, Serena. We are so happy to have you here. We loved your book. So we wanted to, you know, interview you and meet you and learn about what your process was of writing this novel. Can you give some background of you know where you're from and what inspired you to write the book.
2: Yeah, so my name is Serena Cole and I I'm from Leicester in the UK. For as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to be a writer. I think you know from the age of six, I was telling everybody like, oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a writer. And then after graduating from university, I just thought, well, now's the time. Rather than talking about it, we'll just go ahead and sit down and and write this book. So that's what I did. At first, I wasn't sure what I wanted to write about, but I think it becomes clear to you when you, you know, you look at the bookshelves and you realize that there aren't many South Asian voices on the bookshelves. There aren't many characters, you know, with with similar backgrounds and similar stories. So I kind of made it my mission then that I was going to sit down and write something relatable for South Asians to read. And yeah, so that's what I did. And all the words and spoken came to be.
1: That's really great to hear, you know. So I think at Brunkers Read, our process kind of is like we read books and then discuss books with reference to our culture. Like, you know, the things that we related with and the things that we didn't. So Mm. I think to see that you as a South Asian writer has come up, it was so inspiring for us. And we were like, okay, so we have to read this book because it sounds so great. And I have to tell you, I finished the book in two days. Like, that's (laughs) amazing. I was hooked to it. I was completely, like, you know, mesmerized by it. Okay, so what's going to happen next? And so, I think another question that I would have is, what is your process of writing a book? Like, you know, every author has a different process. So, since it was your debut novel, I think our listeners would be interested to know, like, you know, where did you begin with? How did you do your research? I think, you know, I looked
2: around at people in my own life,
1: and a lot of the stories that were popping
2: up, I just realized that, you know, I wanted to include those in the book. There were so many situations that, you know, my loved ones and friends were going through that it all come down to this, you know, what will people say mentality in our culture. And they were all going through these struggles. But of course, nobody was talking about it. So I thought, well, I want to take those things that nobody is talking about and and I want to put it in a book. And in terms of the process, I I guess I just, it was quite difficult to explain because during the time that I was writing this, I was actually very, very sick. I was housebound, so I would write in bed. There was nothing else kind of going on. It was just I would sleep, I would wake up, I would write a little, sleep, wake up. So I don't recommend that people do that if you're sick but I do believe that you know when it comes to writing it really is just just sitting down and and just doing it rather than waiting for inspiration and and you know um getting too caught up in and being perfect so my my process was just sit down write whatever comes to my mind and edit 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 so yeah that's kind of how it went down
1: oh that's really great and you have like you said, that you have addressed so many issues in the book, like, you know, domestic violence, then homophobia, abortion, mental Mm. health, getting ignored, and, you know, so many other things. So was there an inspiration for these characters? Like, were they based on real life stories? And I'm also curious to know, because you went, you said that you uh, lived in Bahrain for a little bit, like, did you see similarities in, you know, uh, all these places that you lived in?
2: Um, I think I was too young mm-hmm. <laughs> to to notice anything in Bahrain. So I was just a child, and that was just. But when I look at Bahrain, I just think, oh, but you know, that was the place in my childhood where I had a lot of fun. But yes, everything that I've written about is based on you know real stories and real people. In fact, you know, the opening scene addresses abortion, and one of my close friends was in that situation, and it really got me thinking because she up pregnant before marriage. And she, ha- she felt she had to get an abortion. Like there was no choice in the matter. It was culturally unacceptable. She would be ostracized. And she just felt that I don't have a choice. I can't even consider what I would want in this situation or what I would feel in this situation. She just felt like everybody else was in the, you know, in the room with her, uh, telling her that it was not going to be okay. And it, she was not going to be accepted for her choice so she went through with a decision that you know was not right for her and it it led to a lot of emotional damage for her and and then I've seen other instances you know of people in my life I've I've had friends that you know are gay and they're not going to come out or because they're too afraid I'm actually bisexual and that's something I've kind of you know gone Do I need to say anything about it? I can just, you know, go ahead and ignore that part of myself. I can just be with with a man. And, you know, I've been through all of this, too. And it's all just because of the fear of what other people are going to say. So, yeah, these are all based on real experiences. Mental health, too. I've had people tell me, you know, that depression isn't a thing in India, which is So wrong, and so (laughs) that's true. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we have heard that too. You know, growing up, yeah,
2: it's like it's a Western concept that there's, you know, or you should something that you're making up in your head, and it's just it's just not true. And I think we need to engage in conversation about mental health, and you know, just kind of be more open about it. So yeah, these are all based on on true stories and true situations that I just keep seeing over and over again. So yeah, definitely inspired by real events.
0: We are so glad that you brought it up in the book because I think that opens up a conversation in a way. Even if you're telling it through a story, it still brings all those issues to light. So thank you for doing that.
2: No worries. (laughs) I felt like, you know, we we need to do it. We need to talk more about it. Absolutely. And you're so
0: right about that uh, Western thing, right? They just totally name it as a Western thing and invalidate your feelings completely. And we were also discussing that constantly you're hearing this thing that what are you even crying about like we had so much struggles back in our day and look at us Mm. we never thought of mental health and why are you even bringing this up this shouldn't be an issue
2: exactly yeah it is so true it's it's like I just love the idea, you know, when people say it just doesn't exist, it just doesn't exist in in India. And I think that just kind of points to how little we talk about it, you know, as a community, as a culture, there's just so much silence around it that people can actually walk around and say it doesn't exist in India. And I think that's just terrible that, that, that people can get away with saying that. So I wanted to kind of say, yes, it does exist. Look, this is what people go through and you know normalize it yeah and I'm glad even in India
0: now there is a little voice around it with recent yeah. events uh, and also I think one or two of actors have started their organizations that address mental health which I think is yeah. good progress but we still have long ways to go
2: yeah definitely we have a long way to go I think like Deepika um has helped out a lot with yeah. being open about her mental health and that was something that I thought oh I'll include that in the Beck as well But yeah, we we have a long way to go, but I'm glad that the conversation is opening up.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So coming back to the book, we really wanted to know who was your favorite character?
2: This is such a hard question. I think um, (laughs) if we're talking about what character would I like to hang out with, probably Logan just for being liked and spirited. Uh-huh. but if we're talking about a character that I that I feel connected to it would be Mansi just because I think I've put so much of myself in her so you know her her insecurities and her flaws you know these are kind of mine as well so um I wouldn't call her my favorite character because she's kind of like the mirror <laughs> you know like mirroring back those kind of aspects of me that I'm not necessarily always willing to accept but so yeah I think in terms of hanging out probably Logan in terms of who do I feel most connected to probably Mansi but I'd love to know who are your favorite characters like who 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 would you think you'd connect
0: connect to I think I would also hang out with Logan yeah (laughs) he he seems so accepting and open and just a very nice human overall like even in his Teenage years and two when he was working with Mansi, he just remains that good friend. So I would definitely hang out with him.
2: Absolutely, that yeah, I I feel that too. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I loved his character so much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's just so warm. And I guess like in comparison to Aryan, I always think if I met Aryan, I probably wouldn't like him so much. You know, because all those layers of him that are good are, are just hidden. But yeah, I, I just think it'd be, if I met him, not so sure I'd like
0: <laughs> But I loved how you've written his character. Like from the very beginning, I was like, something is off about this guy. There's something yeah. suspicious here. I cannot pinpoint, but there is something.
2: <laughs> yes. And I, I actually think that people have had so many different responses to him. Like I've had people tell me, oh, they absolutely hate him. Like, oh, he is selfish. I do not like him. And then somebody else is told me oh my god I really sympathize with him like I feel really really connected to him and I feel so like you know they, they loved him the most and he's quite polarizing I think as a character some people really like him some people don't some people think he's been selfish some people sympathize with him so I love that I love that he's complicated enough that you know not everybody has the same opinion of him
1: but <laughs> I also agree and I think this is why the characters are so real Because someone like Logan, who has accepted his sexuality at a very young age, they are brought up very differently. Like even his, you know, family background is so different, so open. And then someone like Aryan, who has to hide himself all through his life from his dad, would actually turn out to be kind of someone like Aryan did, right? Like Mm -hmm. that is what I really like. And I think that is the beauty of, you know, these characters that you've built, because they're so close to reality.
2: Absolutely. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Maybe they, you know, they have felt they've had to hide something or, you know, not really be their, their true selves because perhaps their parents have just not given them the space to just be themselves, you know, out of fear and out of worries about, you know, tradition and, and what's culturally acceptable. So... I think, I think people can relate to that and what that's like. Yeah, And I
0: also comment that you actually wrote a story like Aryans because this is something that actually happens a lot in Indian or South Asian communities where there's no room for acceptance of your sexuality. So a lot of guys, even though they might be bisexuals or homosexuals or like however they choose to identify, they have not come to terms with it. So they end up marrying women and then, they're just like ruining each other's life and it causes yeah. so much trouble
2: yeah exactly yeah that's what I wanted to share, like the consequences of that just you know it's not just awful for for the man but also for whoever he's marrying
0: because <laughs> yeah. you know they're
2: just it's they're not
1: allowed to be authentic in that way so yeah today's episode is presented by Veil. Wear was founded with the goal of building an affordable everyday wristwatch that blends tasteful design with extreme durability and functionality. Wear returns a sense of dignity to affordable wristwatches and are built to last. Wear is a true American watch company specializing in both quads and automatic watches. Wear is offering our listeners 15% off if you use the code PODGO15. Go to wearwatches.com to learn more and get your new timepiece today.
0: I want to come back to Mansi a bit. So I really like that Mansi is not like a Bollywood heroine who's like fair complexion and all. Like you gave her that. So I really love that part. I also want to talk about her friends. Mm. She had two friends in the book mainly and they were like such a contrast to each other. One of them was a good daughter, wants to be a good friend, wants to be a good everything. And <laughs> yeah. I think we have all had one or two friends like this growing up. Yeah. And then there's this other friend who's like the other extreme for Mansi. So I, I kind of saw them as like an angel and devil on like Mansi's shoulders. So <laughs> I just was curious, like, was that intentional? Or what was your thought process behind creating those friends in the backdrop? Yeah, I think
2: with Raki, it was, you know, you say that you've had friends that we've all had friends that are a little bit like her. And that's absolutely true for me as well. I've I've had friends that I like her. And I think I just wanted to show as well what it, what it was like, you know, for that, you know, that mentality that we do have and how it can really affect a person's personality as they're growing up. They embody all those traditional values and they, they can wind up quite, you know, rigid and a little bit judgmental themselves I think with Raki you know she comes across as that perfect (laughs) the the ideal kind of girl but she's very very rigid and I think she's very contained and not quite comfortable almost with being herself and I think that's you know in part due to not being able to be free in in that way like just to be herself and showing kind of the consequences of what that's like but then also Sejal who is completely the opposite you're right she's She just doesn't really care. She's just happy to be herself. And yeah, they they are opposites. And I think it's quite interesting to show that even though we all kind of grow up in this culture and we are, you know, surrounded by the same values, none of us are the same. We all wind up completely different. And we're all kind of learning to, I think, balance who we are ourselves and who we are as a person that is a part of a community as well. So yeah, I just kind of thought it would be cool to, to show what that can look like through Raki and Sejal.
1: Yeah. And now that you mentioned Sejal, I think I would hang out with Sejal as well. She, We
2: yeah. <laughs> mean Sejal and Logan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, she can be fun to like go to parties with. I think Sejal would be a great friend for that. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Absolutely. Another question
1: that I had was, it sort of felt like the ending of the book was kind of open-ended. So yes. was that intentional or is there a sequel coming? No sequel, no plans for a sequel as of yet. <laughs>
2: but yeah, it was intentional. I think, you know, the whole story is is quite real and I was really set on making it quite raw and real. And I just didn't think it needed to be tied up in, in a happy ending, you know, in a neat little ending, just because life isn't like that. And... I think the characters are quite complicated in the sense that there isn't a particular way that we could imagine how would they react. It's not very clear in my head even because the characters are so complicated in that sense. I just wanted to leave it open-ended. I wanted the reader to kind of think on that. Obviously, Aryan and Mansi, they had to hide themselves to start with. They had to live a certain way, live for other people. And before they were able to be authentic and make their own choices. And you know, with this bombshell, it's interesting to just kind of leave that up to the reader and say, well, what do you think is gonna happen? Are they gonna kind of fall back into being inauthentic and worrying about or you know what others will say? Or I thought it was just it would just be interesting. I wanted a bittersweet ending because it's not really something that can be tied up nicely, you know, if you go against for example, your family, to be who you really are? Is it true that you can just have this really beautiful, happy ending? It's like, no, things are still kind of raw, things still hurt, things are still complicated, but there's beauty in that. So there was never going to be a happy ending, but something bittersweet, something that felt realistic
0: to me. But where do you think Mansa is right now?
2: I honestly think that she has gone back into marketing. I think she's baking it work as a single mom and... I think her mother, you know, with all her threats and everything, does actually wind up being quite supportive (laughs) and helpful. What do you guys think? Like, I would love to know what what you think would have happened. Do you think Mansi would have, you know, given Arya in the news? Or or what do you think?
0: I think she would have told him, given him, like, an open gateway. Like, he can come or not. It's up to him. Because I don't think Mansi would force that on him. I also agree with you like I kind of also pictured that eventually her parents would just like you know fall in love with the child and like she's gotten a job and she's making it work.
1: Yeah yeah absolutely. (laughs) Yeah I thought that as well you know Mansi is so strong her character has been so strong all through the book so I think that is the ending that suits for her.
2: Yeah definitely I mean she went through so much you know all depression and everything and still trying to get herself to to go out there and work despite everything she was going through that I just think she's a fighter like she will make it work (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so what are you working on next so I'm still within the early stages of my next novel the only thing I can tell you for sure is that it is going to Focus on female friendship that's something that I I really want to focus on so I don't want
0: to oh yeah about... we want that yes. <laughs> there's, yeah like, there's <laughs> such need for that like so so little of female friendships is like written in a positive way we do have a lot of examples of catty friendships but not good yes. ones
2: Yes, I, exactly. And that's what I was thinking. I thought, you know, female friendships, they can be so wonderful, so deep, so complicated. And like, why are we not seeing enough of that? So I was like, yeah, you know, forget love for a second. <laughs> forget, you know, I just wanted to focus on on female friendship. So that is my, my goal for my next book. Stories not completely together, but it's piece by piece. I'm, I'm bringing it together. I'm excited excited. for that.
1: Yeah, I'm so (laughs) excited to
0: read it. already sold. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) It has been great having you here today. And just before we end our interview, do you have any words for our listeners? Do
2: you know what? Like this book is all about just not caring what people think, you know, Uh, it reveals the consequences of living your life for somebody else. And, and it doesn't end up well. So my, my (laughs) advice to anyone listening is to just be authentic, be real, you know, and to live your life for yourself, never worry about what other people are going to think. And even though there are going to be issues with that, because it's never things are never going to be all hunky dory, just because you've decided to go on your own path, there are going to be difficulties, but that ultimately it is, it is the best way, I think. So to just be true to yourself, as cheesy as it sounds, that's my, uh, (laughs) that's what I'd say to anyone listening.
0: (laughs) That's a great message. Thanks for that. And it's been so fun talking to you. Thank you. you for sharing your process and, you know, writing this book. I am so thankful that you have written this book with everything that I find wrong sometimes in our culture. And I think it's a great starting point for us to have these conversations.
2: Good. I'm really glad. And, you know, if you if you read this and felt that you could relate to the characters and and felt that it rings true for things that you've been through, then then I've done my job. Like that's that's what I wanted to do to give us, you know, South Asian women, South Asian people, uh, something that they can connect to and relate to. We don't have enough of that. So it's wonderful. Yeah.
1: Thank you so much, Serena, for coming to our podcast and talking to us about your book. We really loved it. And I think everyone in India should definitely read it. Not only in India, like everywhere, I think. (laughs) Thank
2: you. (laughs) Thank you. And thank you so much for having me on as well. It's been lovely to chat to you
0: both. It's our pleasure. For our next episode, we are reading a non-fiction book called Learned Optimism by Martin Seligman. We hope you'll be reading with us and until then, keep listening!